Kansas City. You hear my voice. You're getting ready to hear the other guy, Pete Sweeney's voice of the Arrowhead other Pride. The other guy. The other guy of the combination of the chemistry bros. Here yeah. on 610 Sports Radio. For those of you that are listening while driving, please be safe. It is getting kind of gnarly out there this morning in Kansas City. Speaking of gnarly, my oh my. Thursday morning, I'm sorry, it's Wednesday morning. I'm a little ahead of myself, Pete. Yeah, relax. Sorry, man. We're one day closer. We're down to 11 days. It is what it is, man. It's one of those times in the sports world when you help cover a team and you talk about a team that is as good as the Kansas City Chiefs are every day closer and every day that you get to that big game feels a little bit better. And I don't know about you, man. But I'm excited about Friday when the Chiefs get to talk for the first time in a while. Thursday. Thursday when they get to talk for a while. You are all over the place. I am, man. I'm just excited. I get to be here with you. We've got a lot to talk about today. It's Chiefs. It's Bucks. It's Mahomes. It's Brady. It's Gronk. It's Kelsey. After all that, Pete, how are you doing this morning? I'm well, man. This is Super Bowl season for sure in Kansas City. You're starting to, I think get the excitement building. We're in that period right now where it, it is going to be a little bit of a lull because as excited as you're getting for the weekend, you still have a full week again next week before you get all the media opportunities. There's going to be a virtual media night. There'll be virtual Zooms every day. The Chiefs are actually going to be staying in Kansas City, a very unique, unique experience heading into this Super Bowl with all the circumstances surrounding coronavirus. But, yeah, I, I think – I'm at a point and we're at a point as a city where we just want to get this thing going, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you think about where the Chiefs, and this to me is how you know it's still kind of fresh in this town. Like, this will never get old, I don't think, for fans or for people that enjoy the sport that that are around this team. But it's never going to get old celebrating your team at the championship level. Like, we always would joke about how must be nice for Boston fans as their hockey team, their basketball team, their football team just continuously <laughs> plays for championships. Got tiresome, huh? And you're just like, oh, it must be nice. And as we kind of move into this first topic, people started to get annoyed watching the Patriots win consistently. And people started to hate on Tom Brady because it was – Oh, they've kind of got this baggage of being cheaters and their head coach is, you know, a grumpy old man that doesn't have any time for any fans. Can't even give him a high five becomes a, a meme where it's stone cold Steve Austin's theme music. And he won't even give a nine-year-old a high five, walk into a stadium. <laughs> the, don't forget the air and the footballs. Yeah. The deflate game the, last year, the Cincinnati Bengals practice where they were Clearly in the background, like, do you want me to go ahead and delete this? You want me to keep doing this? I'm okay to do this. Right. And I think that there's a little bit of concern that you can see the Chiefs kind of head down that, I guess as us wrestling nerds would call it, the heel roll. Well, um, that, that's a given when you have success. And that's what's going to happen. Like, you saw that with Golden State. You saw that with, um, you know, the Patriots. You saw that even kind of with the Bulls in the 90s. Everyone hates Dallas still because of the three three titles they won. And I think that eventually if the Chiefs continue this path, they will get there. 
but I don't think they're there yet, Pete, and this is why. They're in the perfect situation where I think they can actually still be the fan favorite nationwide. And we know it's coming mm-hmm. where it's going to be Super Bowl teams playing who the nation's rooting for. And in the lower southeast, it's going to say Tampa Bay. And I think in the upper northeast, it's going to say Tampa Bay because there's going to be some Patriot fans that are going to be like, well, we're not rooting for the Chiefs. I guess we'll root for Tom. <laughs> and that's going to be it. Yeah, There's not going to be anybody else really truly rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, probably west of New England and Tampa Bay. I well, think the well, reason for that, go ahead. No, well, the AFC West cities, I, but that's obvious. I, we'll yeah, but I don't even Tom think Brady. I don't even think California or Southwest, Upper Northwest. I don't think any of those states or any of those people will be rooting for Tom Brady. I think that he has ran his course. <laughs> this is again his tenth Super Bowl, and I think the fan favorite still will be the Chiefs because the fact that this is a year in which. Even though the Chiefs are going back-to-back, this is still another Super Bowl for TB12. This is now in a situation where in 55 Super Bowls, there's never been a team that's got to play in their home stadium. And, of course, the first time it happens, it's who else? Tom Brady. And that, to me, is something where it's like, all right, we got one more year where everybody's going to be on this Patrick Mahomes train. They right. want to see the kid beat the goat. We don't need to see Tom Brady win another Super Bowl. And I think that gives the Chiefs a little bit more of a pass, at least this year, to be the consensus fan favorite when it comes to the nationwide viewing of the Super Bowl. Yeah, you mentioned one more year where the Chiefs are favorable. I think we're down to one more game. And you wouldn't even have this game had the Green Bay Packers advanced because I think a lot of people would have liked to see Aaron Rodgers, again, out of Kansas City. A lot of people would have liked to see Aaron Rodgers get that second Super Bowl. So now you have the Chiefs, and they played the Browns where it seemed like the nation was behind the Browns. They wanted to see Cleveland do it. Same thing with Buffalo. But now the Bucks come up, and you're right. You have Tom Brady with all of this success, and there's the Belichick-Brady thing. Uh, there is Brady and the fact that he's 43 could be the first NFL player to play for two teams and win a Super Bowl could be the first NFL player uh, or sports player. I should say in general, all of sports who is able to win a championship with two teams after the age of 40. So there is a lot of Brady love already. My point to you is dusty. I think chiefs fans should accept this. And enjoy hearing about Brady. Let everybody talk about Brady and what it means to Brady, 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 Brady. Because you know who is certainly going to hear that? No matter what he says at the podium and all the media opportunity he has over the next two weeks, it's Patrick Mahomes. You can hear Patrick Mahomes at 2.15 p.m. right here on 610 Sports Radio every Monday. And the guys from The Drive, they asked Patrick Mahomes about the idea of hearing noise from the national media. There was that graphic going around last week that said that Josh Allen was a better quarterback. And after the game and win where the Chiefs knock out the Bills, Patrick Mahomes has the yawning emoji. And here's what he had to say on the drive. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, you get tired of of kind of hearing in the media uh, over the last three to four or five weeks of, of, 
of we're not doing things good enough uh, when we're winning football games. And uh, you try not to listen to it, but you see it every single day, and so you just get bored of it. Um, but uh, uh, we, we, we see it, and, uh, I mean, it, it, we don't need more to motivate us, but, I mean, I, I like a little edge here and there. We joke at Arrowhead Pride that Peter Schrager on NFL Network is an extension of us. We call him the Arrowhead Pride lobbyist, and it's for segments like this. I go back to last year. Patrick Mahomes uh, got injured midway through the season. Lamar Jackson had this unbelievable year and was unanimous MVP. Then Lamar Jackson was number one on the NFL Network 100. I believe Russell Wilson was two. I believe Mahomes was four on the list, and Aaron Donald came in at number three. Then this season, we start the year, and it's, it's Russell Wilson is on this unbelievable tear. It's Russell Wilson's season. And it was like, no, no, it's Rodgers. No, no, it's Josh Allen. No, 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 it's Rodgers. It's Rodgers' season. Rodgers is the guy. Can we just see Mahomes' last 26 starts on the center? Got? This is what we're dealing with. And as we go to the Super Bowl. That's wild. I, I just can't, can't. I just, this is the, look at him flex. Like, Super Bowl is going to be Tom Brady this, Tom Brady that. Mahomes is the best. You don't think it's going to be Mahomes this, Mahomes that too? Nope. <laughs> nope. I can feel it. Huh. And the one loss is just random home loss to the Derek Carr Raiders. To Jeff yeah. Heath and the Raiders. Yeah. With a big interception. Jeff Heath picked him off. Yeah. Yes. That's the loss. Uh, I just see, like, you know, <laughs> this year was Russell, Rodgers, Allen, and a little bit of Mahomes. And then it was like, oh, no, it's Rodgers. Rodgers yeah. is going to do the whole NFL honors thing the night before. It's going to be awkward. Like, it's going to be uncomfortable. Like, Rodgers, just like Lamar last year, we know you didn't make it to the big dance, but we're going to you know, fet you like the MVP, best player in the league. Meanwhile, this guy's won 25 of his last 26 starts and is about to win his second straight Super Bowl. And I, it's just, let's embrace it, or at least let's just acknowledge it, that this guy is something special and he's giving something to the sport that no one has ever done before. In 2021, we're closer to athletes than we've ever been before. You can see on the Instagram into their homes and what they're watching. Whenever some of these come through with Patrick Mahomes and in his house, you always see that there's sports on. There's either live sports that Mahomes is tweeting about. There's first take. There's debate shows. So pretty clear on the field as well that Mahomes sees all these things. He knew that Lamar Jackson was number one on the NFL top 100, counting the four. He knew very well about the Bears choosing Mitch Trubisky over the other two quarterbacks and Watson and himself when he counts to 10. We talked about how he was looking at his hands and the two fingers the other night when he had to share second-team quarterback all-pro honors with Josh Allen. So if I'm a Chiefs fan, yeah, is it annoying that you're going to have to watch a little bit about Tom Brady this week and this next week? Sure, but embrace that. Pump the Brady stuff because you know – that Patrick Mahomes and that Jordan trade is going to go off in his head, and we may see a worldly performance from Patrick Mahomes. The best part about this is you could take it as passive aggressiveness. Um, you could take it as, you know, the, the meme or the gif that is Patrick Mahomes with the Patrick Mahomes face over the Jordan that says, I took it personal, or I took it personally. Yeah. And the best part about that is if that's what fuels your quarterback, you have nothing to worry about the rest of your career because here's why, Pete. There's three phases of this guy's career. Okay. Phase one, the young, uncoming, next guy up. I don't know if he's there yet. BS, here's 50 touchdowns. <laughs> I don't know if he's the next GOAT. Here's his second Super Bowl in two years. Here's almost his third MVP total. Then you get phase three of his career where he gets a little bit older and they start saying, 
well, I don't know if the 33-year-old can do it. Well, guess what? You're going to continue to fuel this guy's career, and I think that's the path we're on when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and this type of, I don't know if rhetoric's the right word or like whatever you want to call it. But if that's what helps him get that much better, because I've talked about this several times on air and groups of friends on text messages with you, that there's a certain level that athletes like this can get to, and it's never their fault. And that's the best part about it is that guys like Mahomes, Jordan, LeBron, Tiger, you know, when you say they can't do something or somebody's better than they are, when you know for a fact you're lying to yourself, like the whole Josh Allen thing and all these people that were local fans and people that might have been like, I'm a little nervous. It's like, do you forget about who is a quarterback? Do you forget about the things you've seen in just three years? Like, it's funny to think that Patrick Mahomes' highlight tape is as good as it is, but his his missed plays or his secondary plays are still tenfold better than right. everybody else's main plays and... We're just getting started. He's 25 years old. You don't hit your prime until you're about 28, 29. We're four years away from that with Patrick Mahomes. And if they want to keep doing this, then just keep piling it on because here's what's going to happen. You're just going to keep seeing this Patrick Mahomes. And I hope they don't stop talking about him. And I hope neither does he. Really quickly here, we saw the motivation going into the AFC title game on extension of his own team. With Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill is still reminding himself. Now he's in the conversation for top wide receiver in the NFL. He's still reminding himself that Jalen Ramsey three years ago called him a special uh, a special team specialist, a return specialist at All-Pro, not a wide receiver. What does he do? He sets the receiving record in a playoff game with 172 yards as the Chiefs win the AFC. And you know what? This is the final game where I think you're going to have the nation behind your quarterback and beating Brady because after this, if you can win two in a row and you still have Mahomes at his peak, which you will because he's only 25, you go from this fan favor to a dream crusher. And you already got a little bit of that because they crush Cleveland's dreams. Buffalo's never won a Super Bowl. They crush Buffalo's dreams and they're going to continue doing that. So you're going to go from hero to villain real quick. This is the last chance, last chance dance. I think for that. It was nice. There's dream catchers and then there's dream crushers, and that's what the Chiefs are, and I'm okay with that. Um, Le'Veon Bell and Sammy Watkins, they were out in the AFC Championship game, but there's some news here on the Run It Back show on 610 Sports Radio. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Second and fourth, the Kansas City 45-yard line. Chiefs by 16. Allen being rushed, he's gobbled up. He went swimming, and the shark got him. Josh Allen never saw the shark blowing in from his right shoulder. He obliterated right tackle Darrell Williams. A loss and a sack back to the 45-yard line, Buffalo's own 45. Welcome back into the Run It Back Show. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, 610 Sports Radio. Yes, 913. I did not mean uncoming. We meant up and coming. I don't even know who said if it was me or you, Pete, but it was probably me. <laughs> I was all over the place in that first uh, that first segment. But we are, you know, it is eleven days out, and right. we are we're drunk on excitement. Everyone always asks me, like, "How's your day? Like, how do you how do you do it?" My first response is, is I have no damn idea. <laughs> um, but 
to give you a little bit of insider, a peek behind the curtain, not that anybody cares, but I do, I get up at 3.20-ish, like 3.30, and then bust it in here. Mm -hmm. So everyone that is driving out there, please be safe. Careful. You got to be careful today. Yeah, we got some insight, though, from from Miss Lindsay Anderson. She... She tweeted and said, it's it's done. The heavy stuff was early, but you shouldn't have any more snow the rest of the afternoon and morning. So Perfect. you're good there. Inside source. How you doing? Drive slow. She be must careful. be a fan of the show. Um, so we came to out of, uh, we went to break about injuries and what it can mean for the Chiefs coming into the Super Bowl. Pete, you had an article yesterday on Arrowhead Pride about it. Yep. Bell, Watkins, ready for Super Bowl 55? Yeah, it sounds like they're expected to be ready to go. This felt a little bit obvious, but... A sourced report came through from ESPN's Diana Russini, who's been on this, and I, I, I'm happy about this. Right, you got to be happy about this if you're a Chiefs fan because you're getting all your pieces back. And Le'Veon Bell, who came midseason, had a knee issue. It was dating back to Week 15 against the New Orleans Saints. He had been on the injury report since then. It swelled up prior to the Bills game. Andy Reid had mentioned on Thursday that they were holding him out of practice because the knee had swelled up on Wednesday. Seemed to not get better the rest of the week, and he was ruled out. He had been questionable, just not able to go against the Bills. And then Sammy Watkins, a calf injury uh, dating back to Week 16. This was his second injury of the year where he missed a chunk of games earlier in the season. Uh, with a hamstring, but this is a calf thing that goes back to the Falcons game. He has not played since, uh, despite what I would say him being the Chiefs' best player in the postseason the previous two years as far as receiving, led the Chiefs in receiving. To me, who's important here and more important is obvious in Sammy Watkins, and I know it's an easy take and an easy feeling to say, you know, he's on his last game, let's get through this and move on. But this is the Bucks, and they have a, a really, really strong defense. And you, you don't need Bell, and maybe Bell doesn't even suit up. We saw that with LaShawn McCoy last year. I, I'm wondering what the Chiefs do in that direction. But Watkins you could use because as, as good as McCole Hardman was last game, as strong and, and it seems like developing and improving that Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson are, I think Watkins could be a difference if the Bucks do have a plan to stifle, even if it's temporarily, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Watkins has had this knack for going off in games like that, and we saw it in the Super Bowl last year with that catch over Richard Sherman. That was so key for the Chiefs to f- being able to figure out this game and pull away from what was the San Francisco 49ers. So we should get more information, we think, on this on Thursday, but Watkins and Bell both expected to be ready for Super Bowl 55. I think it make I think you make a very good point when it comes to the importance. Like obviously you want the you want the the deepest, most healthiest roster, but when it comes to receiver running back, when it comes to Bell Watkins, the Chiefs are gonna pass the ball more. And I think with the development and the the role that has become kind of solidified in in Daryl Williams. I, I don't honestly think that you need Le'Veon Bell for this Super Bowl, whereas right. if I'm anybody stating the obvious, as long as Patrick Mahomes can have as many possible targets as possible, load that guy up. I right. mean, I get it that, like, we talked yesterday about Nicole Hardman maybe making that turn towards having a more brighter future, getting to that point where the Chiefs 
kind of saw him this year and maybe the adversity kind of made him a more, you know, I don't know, like a more seasoned vet where it's like, hey, you can screw up and know your teammates still have your back. Yes, you return kicks and punt or you return punts. And yes, you could be a third receiver on this team. But I mean, I get it. Sammy Watkins, the roller coaster of being healthy and not being healthy. But the more weapons you can give number 15, the better. And I think the better weapon when it comes to 15 is Sammy Watkins, not Le'Veon Bell. And I get it. When they brought Bell in, it was, well, Clyde Edwards-Elair got hurt. Right. Glad to see we have a backup running back. But if you're asking me, gun to my head, Daryl Williams, Le'Veon Bell in the Super Bowl, who do I want? Give me 31 all day, man. That's just where I'm at with it. What's interesting about the running back position is this is the second year in a row that Brett Veach has brought in what is like an aging veteran. And I am a huge fan of the Veach flyers that he does on these previous first-round picks at every other position. But the Chiefs, they bring in some solid running backs every year. I joke sometimes during training camp where you look at the roster, it looks like a clown car. There's like nine running backs. Right. And at that position, and his history has told you, you got to be young to be successful. And I just wonder if it's necessary to keep pumping in some of these older backs that were really good at one time, but they are 28, and they have been coming off years that have not been great. And you look at the running backs in the Chiefs right now, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a better player than Le'Veon Bell. Daryl Williams is a better player than Le'Veon Bell, the way he's running right now. Darrell Williams, to your point, Dusty, might be the best running back on the team right now. You could even make a case, and I would sit down and listen to you if you wanted to tell me I would Darwin Thompson that. is better right now than Le'Veon Bell. I, I would, after watching him week 17. And so I don't necessarily think you even need to waste a roster spot on Bell if he's healthy or not because you're clicking. You need Watkins against these Bucks, And I know you're going to say, well, the Chiefs won against the Browns and Bills. Watkins could be a game-changer in this particular matchup because the, the Bucks defense, if you watch this game on Sunday, the NFC Championship, yeah, Tom Brady was good in the first half. He fell apart in the second half. It was the defense that won that right. NFC title. And you're going to want to have all of your possible weapons for this Super Bowl. Speaking of weapons and Super Bowls, we talked yesterday that or Monday that Buffalo was the best the AFC had to offer. There's a lot that can change when it comes to the, the map and the success of teams in the AFC because there's a lot of quarterbacks whose future are in question, according to Adam Schefter, and of course we know this as well. Obviously the big names at the top, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, all these guys could be on a different team next year and it could reshape the AFC because there's a lot of links to the AFC teams. You've seen Deshaun Watson come out and basically say, you don't do what I want, I want out, and then there's rumors that he's linked to the Jets, AFC team. Aaron Rodgers joins Pat McAfee once a week. Great interview every single week. His, t his audio yesterday was fantastic, but it's like, is he going to be in Green Bay? He's not letting people know that it's 100% sure, and it's Aaron freaking Rodgers where you'd think, oh, they're not letting him go anywhere, but you've seen Stranger Things. And then there's Matthew Stafford, which I have a theory – that if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going to get Matthew Stafford because that's a guy who has still got a lot of mileage in his arm. He's a guy that has been disrespected in Detroit. And if he can go to Pittsburgh and you look at the Pittsburgh weapons, and I'm not even sure they even need to have Juju Smith-Schuster back next year to consider to be one of the best teams in the AFC if Matthew Stafford's on that roster. Right. 
And that's where we look at this because you think to yourself, hey, I thought this was a run it back show. It is. We talked about how in this dynasty leg, this is the second of the three. This is the most important one to get done because once you do it twice, then it's like, okay, we could pretty much do this so anytime. You're temporarily, and, and forgive me if I'm tr- just trying to understand this, you're temporarily entering the run it back back show right now. Correct. You, that, that, that's where we're at. Yeah, I'm calling our shot and saying we'll probably be doing this in a year okay. from now. All right. And where I get with this is um, if Deshaun Watson goes to the Jets, I think he could turn that franchise around. They'd still need a couple more parts. They have a lot of draft capital, which they would have to probably trade in order to get him. But Stafford to the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're just building the AFC. And this was a year in which the Chiefs went 14-2. and Technically, they went 14-1, if you ask me. And they did it against what is a dominant AFC. And you could replace these quarterbacks in different places, and it could reshape the way the future looks in the AFC. And to me, with Stafford possibly going to Pittsburgh as a linked team or Indianapolis or Rodgers going somewhere, maybe in the AFC, if he did, I don't think he'll end up leaving Green Bay. I think they're smarter than that. And I think LaFleur and Rodgers kind of had a good thing going this year with Devontae Adams as well. But Deshaun Watson, the big name, gets out of Houston, goes somewhere else. It kind of shifts where the power lies in the AFC. But here's the thing. Nobody's linked to the West. Right. Nothing's going to change in the AFC West, which means if you want to, you know, look into the future like we did with the Run It Back Back show, the Chiefs are still going to be the top dog in the West for a few more years, meaning good luck rest of NFL and the AFC, whoever you want to land, but you're starting to see teams maybe go out there and think, okay, the team that we've got to get going after is this team in the AFC West. We'll do anything we can to go land one of these guys. I think I might disagree with you slightly on the West having years only because there's one team I have in mind and Herbert. I think Herbert is a top 10 quarterback. And once you have the yeah. quarterback down, you could win some games and be competitive. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to be better than the chiefs until the Broncos and the Raiders figure out the quarterback position. They're not going to be doing anything. And that's where Stafford becomes interesting because we don't know where he's going to go. And I looked his uh, age up the other day. I was shocked to learn that he was 32 years yeah, old. Man. That is quarterback young. That's, a, that's yeah. still got a lot of years, and we haven't really seen Stafford with an opportunity to have the pieces around him, uh, a full you know, bevy of pieces around him, to see what he could do in the league. And you mentioned Schefter's tweet, and people are giving Schefter a little bit of, of crap. I saw Dan Arlovsky talking about Rodgers back to him the other day. I mean, Schefter was the first guy who said that Tom Brady was leaving, and everyone thought he was crazy, and then Tom Brady left. And here's the names quickly that he mentioned. Watson, Rogers, Stafford, Prescott, Darnold, Wentz, Goff, Garoppolo, Newton, Bridgewater, Trubisky, Winston, Fitzpatrick, Smith, and Big Ben. And what's most interesting about that is it only takes one or two quarterbacks because there's only so many starting quarterbacks in the league. One guy loses one job. He's got to go somewhere. You could see a lot of movement by the end of this offseason, and guess what? Your Kansas City Chiefs have their quarterback locked up for the next 12 years. It's very, very hard to do what Tom Brady has done. That is an outlier. You're not going to really typically have a quarterback enter your franchise and get him to the Super Bowl. Chiefs are in good shape to continue at least getting some AFC championships, getting to some Super Bowls, and we'll see what they can do in the course of history. You can disagree with me all you want. There's something people that probably don't disagree on, and they probably remember when – they saw this play in last year's Super Bowl. I mean, I remember I do. I know Pete did. Mm-hmm. Play more here on the Run It Back Show, 610 Sports Radio. 
The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Kansas City, fourth down in the yard at the San Francisco hard line. As Sammy Watkins in the backfield with Damian Williams, and now a handoff, driving left, driving, 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 touchdown! No, they're going to say down at the one-yard line. Inside the one-yard line, at one minute to go in the first quarter, Chiefs trailing three to nothing. And the Chiefs are going big here. They're going to go with the big package. Damian Williams back in the ball game as well. 75 report is eligible, 75. That's Cam Irving. And Anthony Sherman is going to come in. Damian Williams, the Chiefs will go to the eye. 40 seconds remaining first quarter. In the eye. Patrick Mahomes, fullback. Sherman shifts to the right. They're going to run a sprint option action. Mahomes keeps it. He dies right side. Touchdown, Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, a one-yard touchdown run. His third rushing touchdown of his postseason career. For those of you that uh, forgot, that's not Hungry Pig right, <laughs> which is by far the second greatest play call in Chiefs history nicknames. That was ship the Rose Bowl right parade for Do You Remember When, Pete? Right. Just to give everybody a little feedback, we all remember that, right? You remember where you were when you thought to yourself, what in the hell? This is the Super Bowl. Why on earth would they run something like that? Well... According to Eric Bieniemy last week, he said, or last week, in an article about last year's play, he said, I probably shouldn't be giving away. Bieniemy said, after letting reporters know where he came up with this idea, it's just a play we've been working and wondering when we can polish it off. It was fun to watch. Eric Bieniemy talking about that most famous Rose Bowl right parade uh, play last year in the Super Bowl. Absolute. Craziness, nuttiness. Andy Reid does not care what you think about him. That was the fourth down play at the goal line. It didn't get a, a touchdown, but it got the Chiefs a, a new set of downs, which is what they needed. Mm. Mahomes faked the option on it, and the Chiefs, what they did was they gave the, the ball to Darwin Thompson in the next play, stuffed, which is one opportunity in the Super Bowl to score a touchdown. Maybe he gets that to redeem man. himself. That poor man. And then... The play after that, if you don't remember, was that you you just heard was Mahomes on an option. And if you watch the that first touchdown from the Super Bowl, it sort of looked similar to the concussion chokeout type of play that we just saw right. in the Cleveland Browns, ex- except this time Mahomes stayed on his feet, scored the touchdown, then went over to the sideline to chat with his teammates. And don't forget, in the Super Bowl, you have mics everywhere. Right. You got to watch what you say, but I'll, I'll quote him here. I'm a beast down here. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. They got to hit me. And the Chiefs ended up taking that 10 nothing lead. We know how it went from there. The 49ers really took over the game after that until six minutes remaining. Point being here about shift the Rose Bowl. There are things, believe it or not, that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and and Mike Kafka and their, their sneaky guy, Joe Blymeyer, up in the booth. They have not run yet. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and Bruce Arians has not seen yet. And I, I'm ready to see those plays in Super Bowl 55. Also worth noting here, and again, this will be something I, I believe will be a storyline 
Sandy Reed with another extra week. You're giving this guy another extra week, and that, as we know, whether that be in the regular season or postseason, can be deadly for teams. You think about why he's so good coming off of buys, because he can scout a team, he can put together a plan, and then polish it so well that it's almost random perfection. Like you talk about in most games, the first 10 to 15 plays are scripted. It almost seems like if you give Andy Reid two weeks to prepare, the first 15 to 30 plays are going to be scripted. And then I think this is where, like, the, I guess the stones were were hardened for Andy Reid when it comes to his career because now you've seen him in the playoffs continue this trend of going for it on fourth down. I think he's been, in most recent years, probably the most – consistent coach to go for it on fourth down. And he just kind of knows his weapons. And like you even saw it against Buffalo when they ran almost the same exact play. They ran against Cleveland to end the game with Chad Henney. They had the same formation. Tony Romo was trying to call it. And then all of a sudden it was like, not Tyree kill who you've got going in motion. It's Daryl Williams. I believe that came out of the backfield. And you're just like, Okay, this guy just has so many options. What's amazing, and you go back to the Super Bowl, and it's just the idea that he's running what would be considered fairly, like that's what people consider a gimmick play. Right. Is the shift. And it's in fourth a fourth down situation. And then like the same thing against the Cleveland Browns with Chad Henney at quarterback. Right. It's fourth down. You're stopping the clock. Right. And he decides to throw it to Tyree Kill. And he doesn't care what you think about him. And that that is, I think, so important and one of the major parts of his success because you need to call like that. I, you know, you, you saw a little bit of that tentativeness in what was the Packers. Right. Where it's like, well, we're not going to lose the game here by going for it on fourth down. You know, Andy Reid at this point in his career is going for that all day. And I, I love it. I'm, I'm excited uh, to see what new play we will see in uh, this year's Super Bowl. Dusty, really quickly here, did yep. you see my post on Arrowhead Pride? A, a, a newspaper clipping surfaced of Patrick Mahomes at age nine in what is, he's from Tyler, Texas, it's the Tyler Morning Telegraph, where he actually was picking the Super Bowl back when the Eagles played the Patriots. It looks like they had some some kids weigh in on the game for the Tyler Morning Telegraph. Patrick Mahomes, age nine, said the Eagles are a better team. So even without knowing it, he was always an Andy Reid guy. It just kind of gives you that clarification that this is the perfect matchup. Like <laughs> they just were born like the, to be the together. Most, the most cliche thing you could say with this is that they're this soulmates. Is fate. They're football just, soulmates. It is what it is. Yeah. Like it was meant to be. And it makes you think that, like, okay. They're definitely going to get six rings. They're going to win three in a row. And when it all comes down to it, and Andy Reid is the age of, you know, 85 here in about 20 years, and Patrick Mahomes is 55, and they're sitting on a couch, and <laughs> and, and Tom Rinaldi's son's doing a story on it on ESPN or something. Mike Rinaldi, yeah, yeah. something like that. And they're just going, hey, you know, when did it all start? And Patrick Mahomes at 55 is like, wow, when I was nine years old, I just kind of knew it was going to happen. And you're like, nine years old? And it's just, it's kind of interesting that, and this, is, this isn't me getting in my feels quite yet. We might get there after the Super Bowl. Right. But this is just something that you can't make up. And 
the fact that these two guys found each other and found success early and often right. makes you wonder how long this can go and how many more of these individual <laughs> stories keep popping up because when they drafted Clyde Edwards Elaire, they asked they told Clyde, they said, Hey man, quarterback of the Chiefs said he wants us to draft you. What do you think about that? And that's Andy Reid telling the running back that. Right. And then you get more and more involved, and it's like, you know that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are BFFs. You know that Travis, you know that Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill are extremely close. And then you look at what he and Andy Reid do, and it's like one found the other. And we didn't really get to see if Patrick Mahomes would have any, you know, slow starts in his career, but you kind of just knew that when he played that first game against Denver in week 17 in his rookie year when Matt Nagy was calling plays, and then all of a sudden Andy Reid's like, let me take the keys to the car. Let me see how this works. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're watching it and you're like, okay, like something's weird. Something's going to happen with right. these two for the foreseeable future, and it's going to be special. And now you're in Patrick Mahomes' third year as a starter. Andy Reid has now got a hog that is just insanely aggressive because he's going, you remember Andy Reid when he first got to Kansas City? Clock management was still a tough time. Mm -hmm. You know, play calling was interesting. Like, why are you doing this? And now we don't even talk about that with Andy Reid because he found Mahomes. And the talk about Mahomes getting drafted was, here comes another Texas Tech slash Big 12 quarterback in the NFL. And it's like one found the other. And the road to perfection and the road to success is just inevitable the rest of the way because these two team, this two this tandem of these two is just so pure and so rich together. It seemed like there was a period in Reed's career where he was slow to accept analytics. For sure. But the analytics are easier to swallow, you know, the fourth and short and so on, when you're playing with the game's best player. Right. And so I think that certainly helped him there for sure. 546, almost 547 on a Wednesday morning. I've got my days right now, but that means... <laughs> We have to set you up for the rest of the day because the guys of Fesco in the morning, Wachowski, Kling, and Bob Fesco all coming up next. And Pete Sweeney and I just aren't quite done here this morning on the Run It Back show on 610 Sports Radio. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Buffalo showing a little more pressure at the line of scrimmage and trying to reroute receivers in a single high safety. Gonna throw a slant, caught, 35-yard line, shoot move, Tyreek Hill, 45, 50-yard line, cuts it back, look out, 40, 35, 30, Cheetah in full speed, 10 to the 5-yard line. You play impress, the Cheetah will run you all the way around the earth. It's a 71-yard pass play to the Cheetah on a quick slant. We're not gonna take you all the way around the earth like the Cheetah does. No who, by the way, was just absolutely disrespected on a receiver's list of Ocho Cinco, and I can't remember who the other guy was. Wasn't even listed. So Tyreek <laughs> Hill still getting disrespected. But uh, as we talked a little bit earlier about disrespect, we can get back into that a little bit. But Pete, yeah. let these fine people of Kansas City know what they have slated for the rest of the day. Yeah, it's a big day on 610 Sports Radio. A big Wednesday, despite Dusty not knowing what day of the week it has been the entire show. Coming up on Fesco in the Morning, Friday at 7.30, the voice you just heard, Mitch Holtis, will join the guys. Today, 8.15 a.m., it's Joe Mays. So, conversation you're not going to want to miss. Fesco in the Morning begins in 
just momentarily. Dusty, I want to bring this up, and I'm going to leave a, a lesson for the people Why today. are you laughing before you say Because I, I just love... Something tells me you're getting ready to be a smartass. I, <laughs> man, do you know me too well. Chemistry, you know, for, bros. For a while... For a while, it seemed like the Pittsburgh Steelers, right, were this team undefeated. Who needs these old players that they threw away? I like this sub storyline going into the Super Bowl where Antonio Brown is on the Bucks and Le'Veon Bell, who we talked about this morning, is on the Chiefs. You love to see it. And earlier in the year, people were saying it the other way. Look at what the Steelers are doing without them. And I just think it's a nice Wednesday wisdom for you. For the people out there that it's never too late to win the breakup as Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell get to head down to Tampa Bay and possibly play in the Super Bowl. We talked about maybe Bell being inactive depending on how the Chiefs want to do it, but still they get to go experience that. You mean to tell me there's another storyline within the storylines of Tampa Bay versus Chiefs? Big Ben will be having a couple beers, watching Uh, from his couch, wondering if he's even going to be the starter after you told him. What, today, that Matt Stafford's going to take his job this offseason? I think there's a possibility, man. Like, <laughs> Poor 32 years old. He's, Poor Ben. He's, he's, his arm's... His arm's uh, ben Roethlisberger sucks. His arm's dead. As a human and a He's got a noodle arm at this point, anyway. He doesn't even, like, admit that he's getting worse. He's like, if I want to keep playing, I'll keep playing. <laughs> and two damn years ago, he was like, this could be it. And then all of a sudden, he's like, I'm not done. I don't know, man. They even have it on the news right now. Mozzarella sticks is the most popular dish on ordered game day food. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I think that that is interesting that Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, both two of which came into Arrowhead not too long ago and beat the Chiefs before the Chiefs started their gigantic run, and now one guy is going to be playing against the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and the other is going to be playing as a member of the Chiefs. And it kind of tells you about two things here. The way the NFL can be when it comes to superstar players and also the way the NFL can be when it comes to contracts and, you know, just the weird, wacky way where people can end up. Like, this was was the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers. This was the best receiver in the game and the best running back in the game on the same team. And now they're both washed on different teams one of which playing for a Super Bowl in the NFC, the other playing for the Super Bowl in the AFC. Somebody's going to get one. The other's not. We believe one's going to be back with Tampa Bay. We know the other's not going to be with a- Kansas City Chiefs. AB is, is a little nutty off the field. I think we're, we're all able to admit right. that. But he looks like he's still got a little bit more juice than Bell does Keep at this point. Keep telling yourself that. Bell is, of course, an unrestricted free agent after this year. So, Just one of the many storylines heading into Super Bowl 55. This is Storyline. We will be back tomorrow, 5 o'clock in the morning till 6 a.m. Because then we hand it off to the guys from Fesco in the morning. Thanks to all of you listening. Stay safe out there on these roads. Pay attention. You got a lot of sports coming up on 610 Sports Radio. Coming up next, Klingler, Fesco, Wachowski. Take care, folks. Be easy, Kansas City. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.